Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we're going to talk about chiropractic, but not any just type of chiropractic, a specific type that I think you might be particularly interested in. I want to give you a backstory on this. A good friend of mine, Dr. Peter Martoni, who's been a chiropractor for many years, pointed out to me about a year and a half ago now that uh, he thought I had some problems with my, um, my, my cervical spine and was provided such a compelling story that I flew up to Boston to visit him and he took some x-rays and sure enough, he was right. I had degeneration in my fifth and sixth cervical vertebrae, even though, and here's the key point, folks, I had no symptoms, no symptoms at all, but my, my pictures did not look really good. So, um, uh, you know, the, the type of treatment that addresses that is, which we're going to talk about today, is this very specific type of chiropractic care. And uh, we'll expand on the details in a bit, but I want to introduce you to Dr. Michael Hill, who is a chiropractic physician. He lives uh, very close to me, and I've been getting care from him for the last three months, and I'm going to show you some pretty dramatic examples of what, what it's done. So uh, welcome today, and thank you for joining us, Dr. Hill. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's really, uh, I'm glad to have you. So um, let me give a little more backstory to sort of frame it so that you can start discussing what the, the differences are, because there's a lot of misconceptions about chiropractic, and I'd like to help you, have you help clear some of them up here today, um, because there's a whole wide variety of clinicians. And I had previously thought that taking an x-ray of the spine, because I'm trained as an osteopathic physician, so it, oh. adjustments and manipulation are not foreign to me in any way, shape, or form. I did them a lot in my practice, but we were never taught in all our training that the type of therapy that you've been providing me, which is very specific, very precise, and measured accurately with an x-ray so you can guide your specific treatments. So I had always been opposed to x-rays. I don't think they were necessary, but now I've I'm convinced that I think it's almost uh, malpractice if you are seeking a long-term care program and you don't have these. So uh, the type of care that you're using is called chiropractic biophysics and Gonstead. So why don't you discuss those and maybe the broader range sure. of options that a typical person would find in their local ch chiropractor? Yeah. So one of the first things I always like to address is where the patient is coming from. You know, when asking them, you know, what is your interpretations, your experience with chiropractic, you know, I hear a, a variety of different answers. Um, and one of them are very good and some are, you know, very far from what chiropractic truly is. And, and I, I graduated from Palmer College in Davenport, Iowa, where that was the fountainhead of chiropractic. So, you know, um, and let me just stop you there. And that would really impress me when you told me that, because uh, unless you live in Florida, you wouldn't know this. But Palmer, the one you went to in Davenport, Iowa, which is significantly far from Florida, because you're a, a home, home a, a Florida resident. You were born here. And there is a, a, a Palmer a, Associate College that's not too far from where you live. And you could have easily you could have commuted there, but you didn't. You chose. So why don't you expand on the reason why you chose that? Because I was impressed with that decision. Right. Well, my uh, my chiropractor growing up, I've been under chiropractic care since I was nine. So really, um, it just fell onto my heart and hands knowing that uh, with the experience of chiropractic that I had and the benefits that I had received, uh, once I realized what I wanted to do, uh, I went off to college. Uh, to North Florida, I wanted to kind of migrate north as slowly as possible, knowing how to make that big jump. And uh, my chiropractor was actually a, a graduate of Palmer Davenport, Iowa, and so I went to North Florida, got a degree in nutrition and dietetics, 
and then made that big that big leap uh, to Davenport, Iowa for four years, where that's actually where I met my wife, uh, which is a chiropractor here in the office too. And then uh, I told her, I said, you know, if we're going to take this serious, um, I am moving back home. But, you know, it, you know how that may have worked or, or not. Um, I did uh, convince her to move to Florida with me. And uh, that was in 2004 when we did that. And uh, we had those four hurricanes come through. And I think we were just close to packing up with the peer pressure we had from her family. But uh, she's from Wisconsin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. She's, that, a, far uh, she's a farm girl. She is born and raised on a farm, um, 160 acre vegetable farm. But what a humble life and uh, you know, just an uh, amazing family. And um, so when we moved back to Florida, I really want to give back to the community that I, was, I, I grew up in. And um, so we, we have, and, and it's, been, it's been a blessing. Um, got two beautiful uh, kids. And, you know, to take care of uh, our community is um, amazing. At the same time, I didn't realize the discrimination that our profession had and fighting and helping to clarify what we really do. And I think that's the thing. Education is inoculation for disruption. If we're not willing to be educated, then we just really stay in this disrupted mindset of not understanding what our profession is, but in a whole, how we can all work together as a team in all professions when it comes to your health care. And so with chiropractic, one of the big components that I, I like to really help patients to move them from uh, understanding that not in all cases do you have to fill that cabinet up in your bathroom, but help to understand where all health and healing comes from. And, um, and that's, that's obviously we can't deny that or uh, that the nervous system obviously coordinates all function and healing in the body. And uh, if we don't know how to take care of it, who's going to do that for you and help you understand the importance behind it? Um, so education is one of our biggest components in our office. Now with the, the technique, you know, chiropractic stands on three legs, uh, the philosophy, uh, philosophy, science, and art. And so when we take those three legs and if we take one away, you know, it's obviously easy to, to tip from. So we got to stay on solid on those three components. And with the, um, with the science, understanding CBP and, and Gonstead, technique it's it's one of those approaches that really takes it just made sorry for interrupting but cbp is chiropractic biophysics that's correct yeah yep and the training that i had received was actually not through cbp's seminar series but over seven years with an organization that taught the specific um adjusting protocols with cbp so this is this is a postgraduate uh, educational uh, course that you took after after graduating davenport Yes, through an okay. association, yeah, chiropractic association. Okay. And then Gonstead is a technique that is taught to students throughout the curriculum. And they, you might hear like the Palmer package, but um, typically there is a package of techniques that every student is taught. And it really, I think, falls on the, the philosophy of the, the chiropractor. And in my situation, my uh, chiropractor was using, utilizing Gonstead. So whenever I showed up at Palmer, and, um, you know, I wanted to learn more about the technique. I realized there was a lot more than just Gonstead out there. And Gonstead and CBP have a lot in similarities, but a lot in differences. When it comes to understanding structure dictates function, and your spine is basically the framework of everything else that works off of that, then it's important to understand that we need to identify any structural changes that are compromising the way we should function. And the intimate relationship between spine and nervous system is just that. It's that intimate in which if we don't take care of the spine, obviously 
the next is going to fall short of expecting 100% function and health and healing. And that's through proper nerve function supply. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I've had, uh, obviously, my, as an osteopathic physician, an awareness of these principles and have many good friends who are chiropractic physicians. Yet, somehow, the integration or the motivation in the, to apply this on a regular basis wasn't sufficient enough. And even though I didn't have pain, I finally became convinced. I'm so glad I did. And one of the, my biggest regrets is not doing it sooner. Mm. So I think maybe if you could reemphasize the structure function component and how the nervous system is seriously influenced. And, uh, you know, the assumption is if you're not having pain, that it probably everything's okay. But, you know, the reality is, and we're certainly true for medical diseases, and I'm, I don't have the experience you do in treating musculoskeletal diseases, but most of the time you're 80% of the way there before you have a symptom. <laughs> That's just it. They even yeah. research states that you have to have lost 40% or greater of your health potential before there's a sign or symptom that actually is expressed. I mean, when my father had a heart attack, I didn't need to ask him, why did you put us here in the middle of the Ocala National Forest? Instead, just like any disease, it takes time for that manifestation into a symptom. And so it's unfortunate that we are taught to treat and manage a disease as opposed to preventing them. If we prevented it, we actually wouldn't be even having a conversation about it. So being more proactive instead of reactive is the approach that I would, I would rather have my family and I'd rather have patients that entrust in us to help them move in that direction. But yet we're born into a society where it's treating and managing a disease. And of course, one of the primary tools we use on our side is to help people understand how to choose the right food so that metabolically they'll maintain their health, which of course integrates very tightly to structural function. But I wonder if you could expand, because we don't really talk a lot about the structure function relationship, mm -hmm. but it's clearly there. And mm -hmm. if your spine is out of alignment, as, mm -hmm. and, and maybe you can give us an estimate as from your experience what the percentage of the population that you see is, and I'm sure it represents a pretty common thread through most most other populations. So, uh, you know, how many people are, are out of alignment and, and uh, you know, what are the consequences of that, that that you see and some of the things that you can prevent? Sure. You know, Palmer just did a Gallup poll and basically uh, the last report that I had read um, had shown anywhere from 8 to 12% of the population utilizes chiropractic. Whereas if you use that and to uh, say dentistry, you know, I, I hope everybody's taking care of, of that. You know, my dentist said, actually brush the teeth you only want to keep, right? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I translate that into chiropractic and spinal hygiene, I would only expect that 100% of the population is utilizing some form of chiropractic care. And so structured detaining function, understanding that the spine has to be straight from front to back, and that from the side views, these curves are actually developed that we notice from the side view uh, through the crawling phase, which involves other reflexes like the cross crawl reflex during that developmental period. And so it's really important to understand the certain standard of deviations, like having a 45 degree curve is what's considered normal. And that's, for instance, in the neck, that's called lordosis, right? And um, so when you have a decrease in that curve, you have hypolordotic curve, curvature. And if there's an increase in that curvature, you have hyperlordotic uh, curvature. So knowing that there is a perfect normal 
to go from either extreme to less extreme, it's important to identify that. And the reason behind that is because we've understood that when structure is sound, like for instance, having that 45 degrees in the neck, the cord that travels through the spine is at its best position to allow that communication from above down and across out to every organ and tissue and back up to the brain to send the signals through what's called an afferent efferent um, message or pathway. So when we look at structure not being in its proper place, like a malposition that chiropractors are only trained to, to identify, then utilizing certain tools at our advantage to be able to help us understand how we can help the patient and help them understand where we need to go from there. And so, for instance, we use a surface EMG tool that uh, basically allows us to monitor muscle balances and even thermography, which allows us to even see on our neurological side, we can see things in a little more in depth than just using. So for instance, I, I'm big in instrumentation and one of the big tools with um, uh, Gonstead is a nervoscope. And Gonstead uses five perimeters, uh, x-rays, instrumentation, motion and static palpation and visualization. Really important, as you can probably see now that uh, if you were in line at a grocery store and one person had a, a high right shoulder or a high left shoulder, you obviously know there's something wrong structurally. And if the spine is the framework, then we obviously need to address the framework. So visualization is really important as well. Um, so when we put um, those techniques in place and the tools that we have available, such as digital x-rays, then we can analyze those uh, x-rays using the CVP line analysis approach and the gun set. I like to merge the two. You know, um, I really feel like we can cover um, everything utilizing those two techniques as far as not just getting a patient to feel better, but get them to function better. And mm -hmm. if they're functioning better, this could translate into being able to play with your kids to uh, looking at what 10, 20 years down the road looks like. And if anyone's ever been goal oriented, you know that once you reach it, you don't just stop the habits that allowed you to get there. And that's where we always, and I've always, like I said, I've always been under chiropractic care. And it's something that I would wish and hope that everyone that comes at our office and it goes to a, any chiropractor and hopefully they're educating them that um, chiropractic care isn't just um, a season in life. It's, it is part of life. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And part of the reasons you'd want to continue in, in care is that um, the compression that occurs on the nerves exiting the spinal cord from malaligned vertebrae can really cause some 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 problems, specifically on the autonomic nervous system. I'm sure many people have heard of that, but the especially in the cervical area, if you have some compression there, then you can have you can definitely have some consequences as a result of that. So maybe you can expand on that, and then we'll talk a little bit about the X-rays. Yeah, sure. So whenever you have a a, a malposition of a, uh, I'll just use this model here for example, if you have two vertebrae right here that are protecting obviously the nervous system and you have discs which are in between those two vertebrae. When you have proper alignment, you have the ability to hydrate that disc. That's called imbibition or the ability to imbibate or hydrate that disc. When you lose the proper position of the spine, you lose the ability to hydrate or imbibate the disc. So what tends to happen is the space in between the two vertebrae diminish. And as they diminish the space that is, where does the disc go? has to migrate somewhere. And what happens is the disc then 
tends to bulge out over time, not age, because here's the step processes and how spine can even degenerate. And so as the disc is actually attached to each one of these vertebrae called Sharpie fibers, these fibers over time, Wolf's Law Theory, right? Over time, what happens is it changes the shape of the bone. No different than no one's ever born with a heel spur, but yet if we know that the dynamics of the foot and the arch that's dropped changes the, the tension on the, the tendons, or the ligaments, then obviously we're putting stress on the attachment. And so when it comes to the spine and the disc, as that bulge occurs, we actually change the shape of the bone causing bone spurs. And those bone spurs are obviously a result of not self-neglect, but neglect and not knowing what you should have known mm -hmm. if someone had a chance to educate you. So that obviously forms many different things, such as the fibers that help to, to define the disc, that the annular fibers that are obviously disrupted and the integrity of them are also weakened. And that's where herniations can come into place. So in light of not only a misalignment causing nerve pressure, but the soft tissue around there, such as the disc can do the same as well. So again, understanding that we can address the cause by correcting the misalignment will allow us to be able to imbibate or hydrate that disc. We can actually help to restore to a certain point, depending on the limitation of the matter or the condition of the bone. We're obviously not going to be able to eliminate what's already been destroyed or, or actually this is the body's ability to, to heal and stabilize. So it's a healing component. It's just who wants to heal like this. Right. Absolutely. So, and in fact, that's precisely what happened to my lower cervical spines and vertebrae and disc spaces that they start they were degenerating and uh, you know uh had general disease in my fifth and sixth cervical vertebrae which is actually reversing now even after a short three months of therapy mm. now in the past i had uh, been reluctant to get regular treatments because it would seem you know mechanically it just didn't seem to make sense that you, mm -hmm. a little adjustment here is going to make a massive difference. But the, the, the issue is that it really needs to be done on a regular basis. But not only that, and this is what I really liked about your program, is that it's integrated with home therapy. And, I, and it, it always never made sense to me to rely on a chiropractor to adjust you periodically to solve the problem. I mean, you've got to address something at home on a regular exercise program. And, and uh, that's what you did. And actually, I, I'm gonna hit, you showed your spine, so I'm going to show my, my <laughs> little toys here. And you, you, from an evaluation of the lateral curvature, you uh, pr provided me with one of these head devices that you just put on your head, and it's got weights. Now, I have about four of these one-pound weights here that are attached to this, uh, like a headband. And then you put it on, in my, my case, I put it on the right side and I just wear this for like a half hour a day. And that helps some compensatory changes going on. But the, the one I really like is this traction unit that you hang up on your, your door and this goes on your forehead. Actually, this goes, let me see. Nope, this goes behind. And then this goes up here nope. and it's nope. got reversed. Okay. You got it. You got it reversed. All right, there we go. There you go. Right, there we go. I, I do it every day, but you wouldn't know it. So <laughs> and this is hung up there, and then you just put your body weight to, to put to put traction on your cervical spine, and it's made a tremendous difference. Again, I didn't have any pain, but you know the X-rays are the key, and that's what I want to talk about now. As I said, I don't think it's 
I think it's really on close borders on malpractice not to do x-rays. And we're saying x-rays, we're talking about digital x-rays because digital x-rays are going to reduce the radiation exposure by 90%. And that's a whole other topic of discussion we're not going to go into here and how you can remediate against some of that ionizing radiation by, uh, metabolically. But you can. But if you're, if you're getting digital x-rays, it's not as much of an issue. So why don't you talk about the x-ray component and how you can see these changes and and the rapidity of which of which they can change because that was the other thing on our initial consultation you showed me and my girlfriend Erin who's also in care at your office and some pretty uh, dramatic examples of patients you had previously treated uh, where the cervical curve should have been 45 degrees which is the optimal normal that you mentioned earlier and and women specifically were coming in with like flat cervical straight for you know it's like zero degree curves like Aaron has uh, and then yeah. these women the women that specifically pointed out and showed the pre and post is that uh, she had really severe migraines and they disappeared once once you were able to put some more curvature back in her spine so maybe right. you can elaborate on that yeah so uh, when we take the x-rays um, there there's three that we've take uh, of the neck and there's two of the mid back and two of the the lower back obviously you want to take a an a to p and a, and a lateral so a front and a side view so you have that two-dimensional approach and so uh, with the align analysis that we use we can determine exactly the curvature of the spine from the side view and if there is a, is any scoliosis of the spine we use um, an analysis called Cobb's angle to determine and, and help to manage and improve um, the degree of scoliosis on uh, those that have scoliosis. So um, when we... Which is a lateral curvature of the thoracic spine, right? Yeah, and it can encompass, um, it can encompass the, the lower back. There, okay, but yeah. typically thoracic. Yes, most commonly. And so when we analyze these x-rays, we take all views in consideration. And I know you had made note that uh, for your head weight, we just use the lateral, but we actually use the, the A to P as well, because if there's a lateral deviation from the A to P view, then we know exactly what side to put the weight on. And CBP uses like a mirrored image exercise as well. And that's what we're doing with you. Um, so like you said before, Thank goodness we're doing home exercises because the environment you came from is actually the environment that created the problem. So even the structural changes that we make in workplaces um, and other organizations that we've been able to be a part of, it's allowing us to get in there and help people um, improve not only their work ergonomics, but the ability to be able to sit down for prolonged periods or what have you, or play golf or whatever it is that you do for a living. But um yeah, it's really important to understand where you start and where you're at so that we can uh, always change the sail if the wind changes direction to know that we're still going to hit our target. And for you, just like any other person, we don't want to say you're going to get the 45 degree angle uh, curvature back in the neck, for instance, because of the damage that's already there. We're going to do our best to make sure that you can uh, not go further south and improve the curve from where you started. And so, and that's what we've been able to see even with you and, and, you know, thousands of patients that we've been able to take care of for, uh, for, for years. Yeah. And, you know, I tend to be relatively conservative and short on time. So when I saw Peter in Boston, 
uh, he had recommended getting care. And I said, well, let's see what some conservative things would do. So I was standing up and not sitting down anymore and uh, had had in integrated his sleeping position. We'll put a, a link to the video here in our, our article so people can see that if they haven't already, where essentially, where I, th I think you agree with this, this, the ideal sleeping position from his perspective is to lay flat, but then to support your cervical area. So I had done that for six months and then we did a follow-up x-ray and the degeneration of my cervical spine actually worsened, mm. <laughs> which like, okay, now I got to get serious about this because you know I know inevitably you know that, that there are going to be serious consequences from that. Yeah. So, um, and you know, maybe at this point we can look at the X-rays. You know, my initial X-rays. Do you have Do you have a set there that we can put a, put a copy up on the screen? Uh, and you you hit nail on the head on something that it's not just one ingredient that makes up a recipe. Mm -hmm. you know, that doing one thing, I have patients to say, well, health comes from what you eat or how you exercise. And I think that's a great component. But um, if you don't have your health, you can't, you're not, you know, those things won't assimilate properly. So, yeah. And I, and I was also, it did, I, what I ne neglected to mention, I was doing photobiomodulation on my neck. We had a pretty high powered machine and doing infra near infrared saunas and doing some exercise that I thought would help, but it didn't work. I mean, I really needed a very specific, precisely targeted and customized prescription for my, my neck. Yes. And, you know, I'm very grateful because it's, it's been enormously, I can see the progress. So I, subjectively, I haven't seen any changes, although I might've noticed a bit in my heart rate variability, which uh, I'm impressed with. It's, I, I'm doing a lot of things, but it's definitely improved. And that is one thing you would expect because heart rate variability is a function of your autonomic nervous system primarily. Mm -hmm. And this is what you'd expect if you have improved cervical function. So can you can you describe some of the x-ray changes you've seen? Because we're going to throw up a graphic of the image so that people can see my pre and post. Okay, so on, on your screen, you can see my initial x-ray on the first consultation with Dr. Hill. And can you describe some of these angles? And the five and six there you see are my fifth and sixth cervical vertebrae. But, you know, it, unless you have a lot of familiarity with it, it looks, you know, it looks like some bones, but, you know, you, it's mm -hmm. difficult to understand it. So why don't you walk us through that and, and show where I, where I was at the beginning? Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> and one of the key things that I want to point out is the palate line, which is the, the roof of the mouth. We want to keep that as, as level as possible so that pre and post x-rays we're going to have very little uh, uh, error uh, there as well in evaluation. So typically what we'll do is we'll do a, a lot. We'll drop a line down from the, the back of C2, uh, which right is the here. long line that you see there extending on down through the tracheal shadow. And then um, we'll also, and this is the, the backside of the vertebrae, which also you can follow the backside of the vertebrae, which is called a George's line. Mm -hmm. So we're doing that right there at the back of C7 as well. And then we compute our angularization, which we get a 27 degree curve here. Mm -hmm. And again, ideally the, it should be 45 and I was yeah, 27. This isn't exactly. terrible, but it's not great. Exactly. And most of your curve makeup is right in between the C3, C4 and that also explains why C5, C6, which is, I also want to point out, it's um, a common area, but I don't want you to, we don't want to use that as a, 
you know, well, it's common or it's normal. And a lot of people mm -hmm. are told it's normal because of your age or it's C5, C6 is normal to degenerate, but it's not. It's actually common and it's not normal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know it's a play on words, but we get so many times where people are explained that it's because of age relationship where that C5, C6, if that's age relationship, then why isn't every other disc space degenerating at the same rate C5 and, and C6? Spaces. Now, these black or darkened spaces between the vertebrae, you can yes. see this is, this is like an, almost a normal disc size. And then when you get to the fifth one, it's like squashed. And the sixth one is also squashed. And that's why the shape that's of the good. vertebrae are actually changing because yeah, of the attachment the, of the Sharpie fibers. Which is the lipping right here, which is, is a sign of degenerative changes. That's you know? correct. And, and even though I had no symptoms, I mean, it, my cervical spine was going to hell. And there's no one that once we take the x-rays that I would ever ask to say, why did you allow this to happen? Because like you said, there's never truly any symptoms leading up to the point where what we found the condition of your spine. Mm-hmm. So now right below is the C2 angle, which you want to be anywhere from this zero angle right to here. 10 degrees. So yeah. you were within the normal limits there. Yeah. So that was good. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and again, the, the, it is easy for an um, uncharacter un or a, a chiropractic physician with not much principles to cheat on this by changing the jaw angle here. So you know, this just keeps you honest. Absolutely. And also if you went down to C3, you'll see the malposition or the extension position right there at the corner where your cursor's at, how that's sitting back. If you were to follow George's line, mm -hmm. um, that's actually extended back um, beyond the C4. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right there. Yeah, it is, yeah. So ideally it shouldn't, it should sit more f flatly uh, in this curve, but so it's, it's bent there unnecessarily. Absolutely. Like you see C4, C5, if you follow the back edge of the mm -hmm. vertebrae, they yeah. should all line up. But this one's not. Exactly. Okay. And that's what would be considered like a disruption of George's line. Okay. So this is what you started with. This is my current one. And you can see a big difference. So actually, what the extension, yeah, the extension view of C3, the George's line is much better. And right the here. degree is obviously much better. You know, the ideal is 45. Your and C2 is and we're up, we're up, yeah, zero. And, the, and is, is zero the best or? Any, it, anywhere or between matter. zero and 10 degrees. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's zero or if it's eight. It's pretty similar. Correct. Okay, so, and I've got up to 34, which is an improvement of six degrees in the angulation of the spine. But I don't know if we, it was measured on the last one, but the disc space increased, increased considerably. And you may even notice the difference here, how it looks bigger, hydrated, it got fluffier. Uh, now the degenerative changes are still there, but they're still, it's an improvement, a pretty radical improvement mm -hmm. uh, for a few months. Yeah, and that's the ability of resorption. And I figured, you know, the, the words in the dictionary and understanding the, the, the physiology of the body resorption is the ability to rehydrate, you know, in this case, the discs, mm -hmm. uh, and that's through the action of imbibition. And so once we can help create a better structure, the ability to imbibate or hydrate that disc and be able to move, um, is going to be able to help that as well. You've made a pretty, compelling argument for everyone to be in chiropractic care. And I would have to agree with that. It's better be proactive. I mean, if you're, I, 
I mean, if you're absolutely have no system, even if you had a, like a perfect structure, which virtually no one does, um, you would benefit from, especially if you want to, if you're in competitive athletics. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it gives it, it gives it for an athlete. It's going to give you an unfair advantage almost because you're going to be functioning at a higher level. And, and you find many professional athletes are under chiropractic care and probably a higher percentage than the normal population, I would think. What's your experience? And you're, you're one of your sports is golfing. And you treat a lot of professional golfers in your office because you're you know, there's a lot of golfers in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why, why don't you tell us your experience with athletes? Well, you know, like I tell them is if you are even one degree off from your goal, that can make a big difference in your paycheck, you know, for them. And in and I really want everyone to understand that, you know, the degrees of change that you made for some may not seem significant. And I always ask then if that's the case, the difference between 211 degrees of water and 212 is uh, boiling water, uh, that one degree. And yet that boiling water makes steam and steam is what drives a locomotive. So honestly, if we can and look at the fact that the degrees of change that you've made in such a short period of time, and for even the professional athletes that we take care of, and and that can even be the, the moms, you know, is that, uh, the quality of life is is huge and important. I think that's the side effect of chiropractic is pain relief is just a secondary component to correcting a structural um, change in someone um, and in their health. You know, for instance, the nerves in the neck travel down the arm, forearm, and hands where those same nerves go to organs and so forth, communicating between the parasympathetics and the sympathetics to help with that heart rate variability that you talked about earlier. So it makes a huge physiological change in everyone's life. Uh, for, for our athletes, um, you know, I did mixed martial arts through the 90s and all the way up into the 2000s. And I knew that if I didn't have my ability to have the flexibility, um, I was going to get tapped out. So I'll, I was always under chiropractic care. That didn't just allow me to have the flexibility, but I knew that every joint in my body was moving and articulating the way it was designed to. So for those like for instance, uh, that have spinal degeneration, like in your neck, uh, like many others, one of the chief complaints that you hear and one of the measurements that we take in consideration is the loss of range of motion. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a change in range of motion with this type of spinal degeneration, depending on the, the severity as well. So you also create scar tissue in there, which a lot of times it's called crepitus. So like a frozen shoulder, sometimes we got to get in there and over repetition, we got to break it up. And so it's been a huge change for, um, you know, for myself, for the athletes, for the patients that we've been able to, to see. And even the changes that you've seen on our, um, our, our website, that a lot of those pictures are on there to show you the pre and post. Sure. And we can put a link to that. So I, I want you to address now the elephant in the room, because obviously it's a relatively small percentage of population under chiropractic care. And probably some of that is related to a bad reputation that the profession has had from some unscrupulous characters that aren't practicing the type of care that you are and others. No, I, I don't. I, you know, so there's a certain segment that you want to avoid. So why don't you talk about that? And then we'll help people identify to or the process of how to find someone like you. Sure. Locally, so, because, and it needs to be locally. You're not going to be flying in to see Dr. Hill. I mean, you could, but you need to be seen initially three times a week and then twice a week. And that's a, you know, you got to have find someone good locally, which is why it, 
Dr. Martoni found, found you for me. And I'm so grateful for him for doing that. Absolutely. And you know, that's the big thing is when we have patients that say, well, my aunt needs care. And I go, well, where's your aunt live in Nashville? Okay. Let's do our best. Cause this isn't about me. This is about your mm -hmm. aunt getting the care that she needs and the trust in someone that we can put her in the hands of like um, doc did for you. And, and so, um, you know, definitely thank him for that. Um, yeah. So um, going back to your original question, you know, how, how do you find someone? Well, what I always ask is that if a patient even comes from another chiropractor, I always like to make sure that we're moving our profession forward by not talking badly about one. So I always just say that, you know, um, whatever they did, it was not wrong or incorrect, but what we have to offer is exactly what you need so that um, they know that they're in the, the right place. For me, you know, the type of care I'd want for, for my family is the type of care that I was taught at Palmer College. And one of them is that the utilization of x-rays and all other components of our initial examination are very important. But if we look at x-rays, we look at x-rays like a, a contractor or any subcontractor would look at blueprints. Without those blueprints, where would we know where to, to lay the plumbing and electrical? And when it comes to your health, which is much more important than that, your x-rays tell us a big story. For instance, when we talk about your lower back, you know, you know, in, in many cases, if we'd have just taken one view, like an A to P, we'd have never seen the two-dimensional viewpoints of the of the lower back to understand was there a translation of C, uh, L4 or L5 that would not be uh, an area that would actually motion out well without X-rays. Why would we want to be adjusting in that area if there was a what's considered like a, a grade one through four spondylolisthesis, which is a slippage of a a vertebrae on top of the other, which is a disruption of the George's line, even in the lower back. Um, so, you know, x-rays are and all those uh, details to the examination are super important. And if patients aren't getting that, I would be concerned. Uh, no different than I was telling you the other day that, you know, if you, if you called into an office and, and the front, uh, front desk answered the phone, ask, you know, what type of technique does the chiropractor utilize? If the staff isn't aware then I would be very concerned to the fact that if your staff isn't um, in tune with what you do and, and how you uh, help patients, I would be concerned. Yeah. So I guess the two questions that you, at least if you want to have similar care as I received and you're providing would be chiropractic biophysics or CBP and Gonstead. So that would be the two keys. And if they haven't heard of it, the, the staff, then you said, well, okay, thank you. But no, thanks. <laughs> Find yeah, and they else. make a very, very strong structural correction um, right. program. You know, right. That's for sure. And I just want to say too that, and is it fair to say about thirty percent of the chiropractors are using this technique? So yeah, I don't know. I don't know probably. the numbers, but I would, I would say that it's it's not enough. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's certainly not the majority. Correct. Now, it, and I I don't want to give the misimpression this is the the only way the chiropractor right. is going to work. It it isn't. There are. The, the one thing I really admire and respect about the profession is there's so many innovators in there to get so many different techniques. But the other primary alternative that seems to work pretty well is network uh, developed by Donnie Epstein. And there's a fair, maybe just as many people doing network and totally different approach, mm -hmm. but uh, frequently gets similar results. So, you know, we didn't, you know, I just decided to focus on this. And so there are others. And, and, and it, like you said, there's a, uh, 
you just want to avoid a clinician that is not really assiduous and and prof not professional but proficient and consistent in providing it. And one of the other things that impressed me with your office is that you're really pretty well automated. You give all your patients a card, an electronic card that looks like a hotel card, and you can you could swipe it in so you'd have to sign. Well, you, you still have to put your name on the, the list, and then you you bring up the patient medical record, electronic record in, in your office. So it's very efficient. Your staff is incredible. And uh, I just learned yesterday of a, I always wondered what was in this one room, but you showed me this is a decompression machine that you also have available that uh, is, is quite pricey. And the closest one is like, I don't know, an hour and a half away from us uh, where, mm -hmm. you know, to get that therapy, but it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, you made the commitment to buy this expensive piece of equipment because uh, there was a woman that you couldn't help who had really severe, uh, I think it was cervical pain and you it, had done, was it hip or? No, it was, uh, she had a uh, signs of a lumbar, uh, okay, lumbar dip, which is, which is classic because that is the number one cause what we're going to describe, which is that you couldn't help her for whatever reason. So you wanting the best for your patient referred her out to actually a physician, a medical doctor who prescribed opioid analgesics, which is, that's the conventional st standard of care. He did, the clinician probably did nothing wrong, but she wound up dying from the number one cause of death in someone her age group, which was opioid addiction. Yeah. And you felt just terrible. So why don't you discuss that a little bit? Because I was impressed with, uh, you know, the commitment to care, but then the, the uh, implementation, uh, how to prevent that from happening in the future. Well, you know, I know there's limitations to all matter and that, uh, you know, um, we have to acknowledge that once we get to a point where, you know, we, we've got to do something different. And if it's not in our hands, we got to put it in the hands of someone we would trust. And, uh, in her situation, um, you know, I had had previous patients just like her, other than we, they responded very well that had disc bulges, herniations. In her case, she had a very bad disc herniation that migrated and um, she had no insurance. And so she was really stuck in this catch 22. She couldn't afford the surgery. Um, and I didn't have spinal decompression. And so I, I, I understand quality of life is really important. So um, she had uh, sought out a, a doctor. And um, so I was taking care of her and her, her boyfriend and, um, he was downstairs cooking dinner and, uh, she didn't respond. So he had went up there to check on her and she was at the edge of her bed kneeling as if she was praying. And she had, uh, I guess, passed away with a heart attack. And, you know, I, I kind of took it on as a, a, on a personal note that if I had any chance of avoiding that situation, if I had any part in that, would there have been a tool that I could have helped her with? And that, that what if is what just l took me to that, that tipping point to know that I had to make an investment in, in a tool that uh, could have possibly have helped her. And so no different than like the dinners that we do once a month. And I had a, a, an existing patient, still a patient said to me one time, I'm not going to come because I've gone to them many times and I know they're expensive. And I said, Mary, I don't look at the expense. I look at the expense of that child like Liam that had 20 something seizures 
the week prior to coming in that the only reason why he came in is because he was invited to one of our community dinners. And if his family didn't understand through the educational component that we provide that we could help him, then he would be continually having seizures. And I had one doctor that was a patient. And I was sharing that story with him. He said, well, show me the research. And I said, well, I can actually give you his mom's phone number if you want, because your, her, his mom's the one that has to live through those seizures as well as that little boy, Liam. So when it comes to the cost of an equipment or the, the things that we do in the community, there's no cost when it comes to someone's health and changing lives. Yeah. So you were able to help with the seizures. I didn't realize. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the other tools that you can use, you know, typically me I would approach it metabolically with putting them on a very high fat, high quality fat diet and getting them brain to burn ketones. But it yeah. doesn't mean you can't do it another way and, can, and work synergistically by addressing the structure, structural component. Yeah, I'm a proponent of all of that. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, with your, yeah, you your, your undergraduate degree in nutrition, I would have believed so. so. Sure. Yeah, and that's the other thing that impressed me, and maybe one that might give you caution as you're seeking to find someone like Dr. Hill, um, is you know see how they look. I mean, did they look healthy? Now, if you go to Dr. Hill, he and his wife are just health studs. I mean, they really are in phenomenal shape. I mean, they're glowing with health, and this is what happens when you eat the right way and you get regular chiropractic care and you're taking taking care of yourself. So that's a big clue. If you're, if the clinician or the chiropractic clinician you're seeing is like overweight or, you know, disheveled, I mean, I'd be, I'd be cautious about committing to a care under that type of clinician. Sure. I mean, that, would that make sense from your perspective? Yeah, abs absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate that. You, yeah. you've got, you can't be a hypocrite because this stuff, we know this works. There's just no question about it. I mean, clearly it's effective and you're, cause your body wants to stay healthy, sure. you know, and if you give it what it needs and stay away from stuff that doesn't, and you address the structural component, which I fully didn't appreciate until, you know, later in life. And I have some deep regrets about that, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I know my body is really healthy and can prove it. We've seen in three months, you know, I've had improvement and I'm hopeful to get back to the 45 degree and re resolve most of that cervical yeah. degeneration. So uh, it's, yeah. but the health sooner you start, the better. The yeah. sooner the better. Absolutely. Health is a relationship. You have to constantly work at it. If you, if you don't work on your health, just like any relationship, it'll go south on you. And, you know, you touched on something that I, I like to uh, tell patients is that, you know, uh, this, this mom and, and son uh, walked up to Gandhi one day and said, and the, and the mother asked Gandhi, would you tell my son to stop eating sugar? You've heard the story, I'm sure of it. And Gandhi said, you know what? Come back in two weeks. So the mom walked with the son through this long uh, processional line and came back up to Gandhi two weeks later and said, can you tell my son to stop eating sugar? And Gandhi looked at him and said, stop eating sugar. And she said, why didn't you tell me that two weeks ago? He said, because I had to do the same. <laughs> that, you know, when it comes to your, your doctors, yeah, definitely they, you want to make sure they're practicing what they preach. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's such an important principle. And, you know, I, I, this is the first time I've heard about your community dinners. I, I hadn't encountered that before. So maybe you can expand on that too, because I'm sure a lot of people might be curious. Yeah, we, we do community dinners at uh, Stonewoods, which is a nice uh, restaurant. and mm -hmm. One of the nicer in, uh, ones in our community, right? In our community. Absolutely. And so once a month, we invite our patients to come and bring a guest and uh, we have hand selected the menu um, to the best choices possible. And so while the dinner is being cooked, there is no obligation. 
I actually just talk about health in general and that um, they can make a decision if they want. And if they trust in us, then obviously we want to be able to be available to them. Um, but uh, at the end of the night, it's just a, a great night of fellowship, a chance to meet people that we normally wouldn't have been able to meet. Otherwise, it's very hard to get out in the community when we're in here uh, in our office uh, serving the community that's coming into it. So it's a great way to extend ourselves out in the community. Great. Right. It's a good strategy. And uh, I'm sure it's helped a lot of people uh, being exposed to the work you're doing. And as a result, they've gotten into care and and improve their health, which is, uh, you know, really the focus and the, the goal of the whole whole process. So. Mm-hmm. so anything else you'd like to add to this before we close? No, I just uh, want to say thank you for having me here and thank you for allowing me to take care of you and, and Aaron and um, I just thank our community for entrusting in my wife and I and our family and our team to be able to help them and, and help them see how chiropractic can help them and, and tear down those walls of discrimination. And I'd love to see every doctor, every, uh, every form of doctor in this office to, to help them as I know they've been able to, you know, they saved my dad's life, you know, to, yeah, to yeah. do that fight way bypass. So, you know, I definitely commend, you know, everyone, um, that, uh, you know, obviously, um, has been able to take charge of their health. More yes. Trust take us. charge or take control, as we like to call it. Absolutely. So it's the, you know, it's putting you in control, but also recognizing that, you know, structure does have a significant uh, influence and, fa- and uh, impact on your health. And if you fail to uh, appreciate that and implement strategies to address to address that and certainly home exercises are a phenomenal way to do it and, mm-hmm. and they work synergistically with a type of, a good type of chiropractic care program so i want to thank you for what you're doing and what you've done for me and uh, you keep up the good work because you're helping a lot of people thank you doc i really appreciate it